0: You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf. And welcome back to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community. Once again, I am your host, Ben Wolf from Wolf's Edge Consulting. We are going to learn from our guests today how to take the managers and executives that you elevated um, in your organization because they were good at their jobs. And number one, recognize that the skills that made them good at their jobs happen to be very different from the skills necessary to be good leaders and managers. And number two, uh, help them to become the kind of managers and leaders who will maximize your most important resource, which is your people. Um, and again, as a uh, as a little bit of a review, where am I coming from? Who am I? Just a brief reintroduction. Uh, so I again, am Ben Wolf, Wolf Such Consulting. Um, I just, you know, quickly, uh, back, back in the day, I spent five years in, as an attorney in corporate restructuring and bankruptcy at a law firm in New York City, and after that, joined a healthcare startup that uh, in the home care space and uh, built most of the operations of the company and was the internal owner of, uh, of, of our process of implementing a, a simple set of tools for really getting what you want from your business and having, you know, being able to have a scalable, more fun business called EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating System. Uh, we have a great um, EOS implementer uh, that guided us, named Jonathan Smith. And uh, we are actually fortunate uh, in next week's episode to have Jonathan as a guest on the show. And um, back in January, I left, uh, left that company after three years, after we had already grown to the largest and fastest growing organization, or agency of our type in the entire state of New York. And, uh, and then went on uh, from there to just start my own company, Wolf's Edge Consulting, where I am now helping other companies implement EOS. Uh, so you, know, you can always check information about what EOS is, what I do, my background, or get in touch with me at WolfsEdgeConsulting.com. That's Wolf's, plural, WolfsEdgeConsulting.com. Uh, not plural, it's possessive, really, to be technical. But... Um, Anyway, so you can get in touch with me that way, find out more about me, and EOS, happy to answer any questions, uh, no matter what part of the world you are listening to this from, uh, happy to be in touch and uh, touch base and put you in touch with someone who can help you with EOS that's close to you as well. Uh, Definitely have a lot of connections in in that industry, in the EOS implementer world, and can make uh, recommendations. uh, Or if you're in the New York area, tri-state area, happy to help you as well. So uh, that's just a little review about me, in case uh, in case you haven't gotten that yet or you started listening recently. Um, and uh, from there, just you know, the purpose of this show, Win Win and Entrepreneurial Community, is always is to share information and bring on guests that can give you information, knowledge, and tools that you could use right away to um, to uh, you know to improve your life, your business, uh, and focused on uh, the concerns and things that are meaningful to entrepreneurial businesses, uh, meaning generally. You know, ten people or more, any industry uh, that's who uh, that's who we're trying to bring value for. So welcome to the show. I'm sure solopreneurs and other smaller entrepreneurs or even large corporate organizations can can gain from the show as well. But uh, the main focus is anything that is of use for entrepreneurial business owners or leadership teams. So uh, with that, we're going to uh, move on. Please, I ask you to uh, remind you to uh, subscribe, leave a review, and make the knowledge and information and tools that we are sharing here available to yourself in the future and to more people by increasing the uh, subscribership and, um, and by leaving reviews, which really does uh, increase the uh, prominence of the show, come up higher on search results and, and you know leave the value that we are sharing here available to more people. Uh, and with that, I'm going to introduce our guest today. Uh, she is a leadership development uh, expert and a trainer with Crestcom International, uh, you know an international organization for training uh, leaders and managers executives. Uh, She has a master's in industrial organizational psychology. She has uh, created employee training programs and has experience in organizational development in the healthcare, manufacturing, and beauty and fragrance industries. Uh, She is currently an adjunct professor at Farmingdale State College in Long Island, New York. Uh, So uh, I'm also in Long Island, New York, so uh, practically a neighbor. And uh, you can learn more about the leadership development training programs that our guest uses and offers to uh, companies, and also more about her personally at crestcom.com. And without uh, further ado, I give you Michelle Rebetti. Welcome, Michelle.
1: Thank you, Ben. It's good to be here.
0: No problem. I'm happy to have you on, uh, and I, I know that people are going to uh, learn a lot from you know from the expertise that you are always sharing with your clients, and you know, but to share with everybody out there in the world now. And uh, if you don't mind, I think I think that it'll be helpful to, as, as I ask all my guests to, to just give a give us a quick two minute history on um, how you developed your experience. How, how did you get into get into what you're doing now? And I think that that'll be helpful to give people context for what we're going to be talking about.
1: Sure. Thanks so much. So how did I get into what I do today? Uh, Very passionate about what I do. Love to uh, provide information with people, provide education, uh, training and development. I worked for some companies out of college doing some sales and really loved being a sales manager, loved training salespeople, loved to uh, work on employee development issues and decided to go back to school to get my master's in industrial organizational psychology, wow. which is like the, bus- the psychology of business or psychology of work. How do you create behavior change in the workplace? Mm-hmm. And through that, I really uh, stuck with the training and development field. I really enjoyed it. I really felt like it had some of the bigger impact on the organization uh, by helping the the individuals, the people, the assets in the organization from that perspective. And so I work for a number of different companies in their human resources department, in their training and development, organization development field uh, departments, right. by developing employee development programs, leadership development programs, and you know facilitating those uh, throughout all of their uh, different locations. And I started teaching at the colleges and the psychology department, so once again, keeping with my teaching
0: right. uh,
1: mantra that I love to do. And about five years ago, I was looking for something entrepreneurial. So I can completely relate to your audience of uh, entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And my husband and I were looking to do something uh, that was a little bit different. And we ended up finding uh, Crestcom, which is a franchise. Mm-hmm. And we purchased the franchise five years ago. And I've been doing that ever since. And does he teach I don't also? Work... He does not teach. Okay. He does not teach. He He's more of my CFO. Uh, accountant, okay. and and I handle all of the uh, the client relations mm-hmm. and um, and facilitation of the of training as well as some coaching and speaking and things like that. So that's where how I got to where I am today. Awesome. Like I said, I've been doing this for five years and working with lots of different size companies and lots of different types of clients uh, around New York and more specifically Long Island.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely appreciate that. I think that definitely gives people the understanding of where you're coming from and, you know, and and, and wh- why you have what you have to offer. Um, <clears throat> so I guess the first thing I wanted to get into, I, I think, for people is to, uh, you know, is to go in the topic of, of, of how, especially in growing entrepreneurial companies and post-startups or recovering startups, we might, you know, we could say, that people oftentimes are becoming executives or they're becoming managers or becoming team leaders because they were really good at their job but the technical or sales or productivity or or artist or whatever skills that made them good at their job you know aren't necessarily the same skills or, or aren't you know per se the same skills necessary to be a good leader or manager of other people so like what do you see before we talk about like solutions or advice like what are the biggest mistakes or problems you see in the executives and managers that are that are coming that are coming to you the biggest problems like yeah, let's talk the, about the problem first
1: <laughs> so as as a whole uh companies when they come to me have a number of different issues and and some of the most common issues that people have are lack of communication and miscommunication mm-hmm. uh there's Communication problems between departments, within departments, between the head leadership of the organization and that first line employee. Uh, so communication is definitely a huge issue. Uh, and one of the other things that I've really been hearing a lot about from my clients is accountability. How do I how do I hold people accountable, mm-hmm. uh, especially with the younger generation coming in uh, with with a, a different philosophy of how they like to work the companies are finding it a little challenging to get those people motivated and to hold them accountable and get them to be accountable to do the things that they need them to do in order to perform their jobs. So if I had to really narrow it down to two, I would say communication and accountability are, are definitely some of the big issues that people are talking about.
0: Okay. Well, well, then if you don't mind, let me, you know, let's talk a little bit about each of those two then. So let's go over the first one, like communication. What are, what, could you be more concrete about 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 that? What do you mean? Your problems with communication?
1: Yeah, right. Because com- communication can be so broad. Right. Um, communication in in what I'm seeing is that there's not enough communication that gives enough detail to, from top down. All right. So you mean, like, people aren't
0: processes, at- or what do you mean?
1: Uh, processes and even just what's the overall mission of the organization? Uh-huh. Where are we going? What's our strategic plan? Where do we want to be in five years? How do we want to impact the customer? Um, so they have you know a mission statement that they put out there. Sometimes organizations, but do they live by it? Right. Are their value, core values? that go along with that and is that being addressed in everything that they do? Uh, Are they using that mission and core values and communicating that to everyone? Are they using that in their hiring process when they hire people? Mm -hmm. Are they using that to um, manage performance when people are not living up to those values? So I see that that is one of the main uh, issues.
0: If you're working with executives, managers, How how are you training them to improve in that kind of communication if, they, if the company hasn't done? I mean, obviously, there's something near and dear to my heart as an EOS implementer. One of the mm-hmm, first right. things I work on with people, you know, the first quarter that we're working together is building their vision and getting clear on their core values and right, understanding right. where they are going to be in five years and three years and one year at the end of the quarter. And, you know, and and how to communicate that to the team. So uh, certainly near and dear to my heart, those topics. But if they haven't done that work when they're cutting you know, when you're supposed to talk with their managers, their leaders, their executives. Right. How are you how, how are you how how, how are you te- telling them to improve on that if they haven't yet taken out the time, which is significant? Mental bandwidth. I mean, that doesn't necessarily take a huge amount of time, but like a significant mental bandwidth to do the work to to clarify that stuff.
1: Yeah, it, it is it is a lot of work, and um, I don't find that they haven't done anything in those areas. They mm-hmm. have something so that they can kind of springboard off of, mm-hmm. uh, and so the rest of it is okay. Let's let's take what you have, and let's see how that impacts the rest of the team let's communicate that in a way is that something that you can express in your newsletters in your um, regular communications in your staff meetings uh, in your performance reviews you know in and sometimes it does mean that they need to kind of go back and say okay let's relook at our mission again let's rewrite our mission statement what are we really looking to do what's our future uh, and so I, I kind of help them in identifying what some of those things might be, similar mm-hmm. to, to what you do in a way, but probably not as structured. For me, it's more of a conversation and then we talk about how do you communicate that, which was kind of what you were asking me. Right. So part one is figuring those things out and part two is you need to let your managers and your executive team know and then make it trickle down to everybody else right. and to constantly communicate it. Uh, people need constant communication, but mm-hmm. it has to be ingrained into your actions. It's not just the words that you say. You have to actually live it. Um, if you are trying to promote teamwork, then you need to show that you're willing to be a team player. You need to do activities <laughs> right. and have events and, and other things that really promote teamwork. Maybe an incentive system that promotes teamwork. So that's those are the things that we talk about. Uh, what are some the different strategies that you can implement, as well as communicate, to make sure that everybody's on board and that they're they're living it.
0: Right. That's so. That's that's so true. It's um, you know you hear about about companies that you know that they don't give much uh, they don't give much thought to you know let's say what their core values are. You give the example of teamwork. So you know let's say somebody is putting you know work life balance because it sounds good in marketing materials and their and their core values and in reality that you know the 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 in reality the team is like a workaholic kind of like beast mode kind of uh, kind of culture you mm-hmm. know and and then they see that there's uh you know they people clearly see that well you know you say on paper that
1: you know work life right. balance is a
0: value or a core value even but yet we see that that is you know you know that is Certainly, looked askance upon if, if for anybody that's exhibiting that in their own values, uh, you know, right. and that disconnect is certainly, you know, a lot worse even than not having expressed right. core values.
1: Right, exactly. There are a lot of companies out there that put those core values out there and have their mission statement, and not one person could tell you what those are. Right, and right. they don't, they don't see it in the things that they do. You just brought up a perfect example of, you know, work-life balance or flexibility, and then they don't allow anybody to work from home, or you have to be here at seven right. in the morning. You know, it goes right. against everything, and that just creates. Um, a a not good culture it creates exactly. a culture of people not trusting the leadership exactly. you have to do do as you say right. Yeah. And do, like, what you you know, do you say you'll do?
0: Should you, you, know, that company should have a core value. They should take out, you know, take out uh, work-life balance and insert beast mode as one of their core values. Right, and then, right. be, yeah. then have There clari- you go. They'll have clarity. <laughs> but, exactly.
1: At least everybody will be clear. If you're a beast, then you could work there.
0: Yeah, which is you know <laughs> uh, fair enough. I mean, there's some companies that have that culture, you know, but you Got to be right. Got to be real. But, um, so right. Right. Real thing- and consistent. Right. So the other thing you mentioned was accountability. So, like, what what could what could people do? What do you teach people to do? Obviously, there's uh, there's a huge amount you can't cover in a, in a few minutes. But one or two things that people could take away for accountability, especially you mentioned you didn't you didn't say the M word, you know, millennial, but I think that's what you were <laughs> talking about um, with uh, kind of you know difficulties in creating accountability <clears throat> and, and being on the same wavelength. So, uh, what what's a couple of things people could take away on how to uh, you know have better accountability for their teams
1: yeah so like i said that is a really big issue and it's not just an easy answer or an easy black and white uh, but there are a couple of things that are very clear that can help with accountability and clarity is definitely one of those things and when I say clarity, mm-hmm. what I mean by that mm-hmm. is everybody needs to know what their job description is. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many organizations that I walk into and they talk about accountability. And the first thing I say is, well, let me see your org chart. Right. And they say, what's that? <laughs> or, well, we're, we're not like that. Right. We're, we're a very flat, flat organization, yeah, right? You've heard that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're very flat. We don't really have titles. And and as nice as that sounds, um, it's not very scalable. And yeah, it's very confusing side. for employees yeah. when they don't know really what their full job description is or who they report to and what certain processes and procedures are. So the very first part of that, which I'm sure is something that you must address with people, Ben, in, in the work that you oh, do. Yeah. First, day, which first is, day
0: with people, the first big job we do on the first day together after kind of some of the... <clears throat> teaching at the beginning is is developing what we call an EOS uh, accountability charts. you know we're not really focused either on titles or hierarchy per se but but right. on what are people accountable for? who are they accountable to? what, what is the, what does that structure look like and that's a lot of work. It's the first thing we do I do with people
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely that you need to have an org chart even if it is flat but everybody's name needs to be listed somewhere with some kind of title um, and and what they're in charge of and who might be underneath them. If you want people to be accountable, they need to know who they report to. And they need to know then uh, after an org chart is they need to have a job description that says these are the specific things that that are part of your job. And it's not that you're limiting. uh, Some people don't like to put job descriptions together because then if something new comes along, the employee might say, well, that's not part of my job description. Uh, But but they need some clarity. And you can add in the job description and anything else that I might give you. (laughs) But (laughs) for the most part, you have to have a number of bullet points in there that say, these are the things that you're responsible for. And all if right. they know that, then nobody can. Then that person can't say, "Well, I didn't know that was my job." Well, right. I didn't know that was my responsibility. Right. So the first step in all of that is just clarity and expectations. And I have to say, job descriptions are very useful for setting goals. So that uh, when you want to set goals for individuals for the year of what mm-hmm. you want them to accomplish, you pull that from the job description uh, for performance reviews at the end of the year. You, you know, everything's example? in the job description. <clears throat> um, sure. So, for example, maybe you have um, uh, sales is always uh, an easy, an easy department to use as an example because right. maybe their goal is to bring in new business and in business development. And so, as part of their job description, you let them know some of the processes that they're responsible for as far as that client relation. And then when you go to set goals for them, you may say, OK, so what percentage uh, increase from last year are you going to have? Or how many clients do I need you? How much business or dollar amount in business do I need you to bring in? And then at the performance review, now you can go back to that as well. Right. Um, you know sales is always an easy example but even customer service a customer yeah. service representative what does that really mean you, have ratings. you know what are they responsible for
0: all right. you could have you could have metrics there too i mean you yep. we're getting into metrics now right i mean cuz that, that would have to be part of the accountability too so first of all you have to have an org chart where it's clear who you re- who you report to who's who's there to hold you accountable who you're yeah. accountable to and then like you said the job description so it's clear what I'm accountable for, but then, you know, but then how are you holding the person accountable to that job description or to, or to that, which is what you're getting into now with, you know, let's say certain goals or certain metrics. Um, right. And obviously reviewing those on a regular basis. And like you said, yep. with customer service, you could have, you could have customer, you could have ratings that are being taken automatically or through some method right. or other of, uh, right. of satisfaction. Right, exactly. You Could know, have wait times, which you know a lot of the phone systems they could they could be calculating. You Could have wait times, missed calls, you know, time from a received call to a return call. I mean, there's all kinds of metrics that you. can Yeah,
1: know, yeah, receive. number of complaints, uh, number of right, uh, complaints. you know praises that you get, uh, and it doesn't just work in in some of those easy metric categories i mean i have a lot of construction clients mm-hmm. you have a project manager and they're managing a number of projects you know ha- what's the you know are you keeping things under cost mm-hmm. are you you know mm-hmm. how many uh, are you sticking to your deadlines are things getting done you know are your projects getting done on time there are a lot of ways that you can um Come up with those things that you can utilize. That really is makes things much clearer for them. And if they have all of those things, then they're more likely to be accountable. They're less likely to blame others, and then they'll more uh, take more responsibility for their role.
0: Right, and and that sounds and what the things you're describing sounds somewhat universal, right, for any kind of, of employee. Um, is yeah. there anything different there or any nuances with, you know, the cl- classic millennials or general Gen Y or whatever? I don't know. I don't know what the names of all the things are. But,
1: um. Yeah, the millennials are the Gen Ys. Um, they're, you know, listen, they're a unique breed. Um, I feel like I'm always trying to stick up for them, even though I'm not a millennial. I'm a Gen Xer, mm-hmm. uh, but, I, but I'm but i always trying to... Uh, talk about them as the misunderstood group about where they're coming from. And that's a whole separate podcast. Okay. (laughs) Can you share
0: something about that though? Like maybe, maybe some new perspective that you feel like, I don't know, would help address the, uh, misimpression.
1: Yeah. So millennials, millennials are very, um, instant gratification because they've they've always been able to get information from their phones and, and using the internet very quickly, mm-hmm. unlike the generations before that. Right. And so that's kind of made them a, a little bit impatient mm-hmm. with things. So some of the complaints I, I hear about millennials is that, you know, as soon as they're hired, they are, are looking for a, a promotion. They're wondering when their next raise is coming. And some of that is just because they're so used to things being instant. Uh, it, it it's not as much of an entitlement, although I know that there are some that, out there that are entitled. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really more of just an impatience. They are looking to get ahead, and they're so used to being able to get information so quickly that they're they're instant gratification people. And so when they start a job, they're like, "Okay, is it time yet? Is it time yet? So, so you know, how are you going re- to it my time? That? So how are you going to
0: respin <laughs> this?"
1: Michelle. I know you know and, and part of it part of it is is the way that they were brought up. Millennials were brought up by mostly baby boomers uh, and baby boomers gave them everything that they wanted and they wanted their kids to have things that were that they didn't have. and mm-hmm. so they they were kind of the helicopter parents that jumped in a lot to save the kids. Uh, in you know in, in anything that they were doing, and so millennials are kind of looking for that as well they're they're waiting for somebody to just s- jump in and save them and not have to necessarily do it themselves now of course, I'm generalizing and this doesn't apply to all, but uh, they're there it it helps in explaining that maybe it's not really their fault <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Oh, so when you said defend I thought you were going in a different direction I didn't realize it was just to like, help you understand why. They're so deficient, but it's uh, rather than that they weren't. I'm sorry, I'm just being a little strong language <laughs> there. But but right, uh, but okay. right. So it's, it's you know I guess understand where where they're coming from, be able to exactly it, uh, exactly. And so when you're supportive. trying to manage
1: a millennial, you wanna you wanna talk to them more. You wanna allow them more input. They want to participate. They want their feedback to be heard. Mm-hmm. And so as a as a manager of millennial. We need to give them a little space, we need to give them flexibility because they're all about work-life balance, but we also want to include them on things and Mm -hmm. ask for their input and opinion. They don't necessarily need to have a promotion, but if they are given more responsibility, more challenging tasks, then they feel like they're constantly learning. And so those Mm -hmm. are the ways that you can try to keep them accountable and get them to work harder, is you have to show interest in them, you have to listen to them, and also, Give them that flexibility that they want. Trust them a little more.
0: Right. Okay. Well, that's helpful. I mean, and again, okay. I think in terms of a <laughs> takeaway for some of this, communi- you know, communication issues and accountability issues, uh, in terms of getting, you know, getting clarity and then communicating actively and repeatedly clarity about, you know, who we are, where we're going, how we're going to get there, when we're gonna, you know, when we're gonna accomplish what. Or when we hope to at least accomplish what, and then in terms mm-hmm. of accountability, having clarity around number one, um, you know, or organizational responsibility, like account- accountability chart or organizational chart, who who mm-hmm. you report to, clarity about what the job description is, and then clarity about what you're accountable to do or what metrics uh, you're expected to get to to meet your goals towards towards that job description. So yeah, that is that's a good summary, very helpful. And <laughs> uh, and so I guess uh, the last area I wanted to just get into was uh, was if people are looking to help develop their, um, their, uh, their, their people, their executives, their managers, their team leaders, what, uh, w- what process do you, what process do you, do you use? What's your process for helping people do that? And I assume maybe it's probably similar with, with anybody with a Crestcom person in another part of the country as well. So what's, uh, like, w- what's your process that you work with your clients on?
1: Um, So uh, my process for the most part is to provide the the learning and and training and development that they need um, and and do it in a way that's interactive and fun and that they're held accountable for making some improvements in their own behaviors. Hmm. Um, Everybody is different in in what their needs are. There may be some individuals that could use just some one-on-one coaching. Uh, But what I find for the most part is the the training programs that we run are really are highly effective and we're really results oriented with making sure that people are implementing ideas that has an impact on the bottom line of the company. And so when they come to a training session, they're in a room with other managers from other organizations, other leaders. So you get that interaction. You get people talking about what they're doing at their companies. People are expressing and sharing ideas. And they get to discuss things. And what what the great part about that is, I find I could have a, a construction company in there, a, a, Distributor, a manufacturer, a nonprofit, a software development company—you know all different types of individuals in there. And by the end of a session, they all say, "We all have the same problem. <laughs> dealing with people is dealing with people, no matter what your industry is. Right. Everyone has a lot of the same challenges. Um, and so it's sometimes it's just restful and peaceful to know that other people are experiencing some of the same things, and then you can." Work through some of those issues uh, through the discussions that we have, but the most important part is not just the training itself. Uh, the important not part is month, how do you the training? then? Yep. Okay. Yep. Once a month, and the important part is how do you how do you make sure that that they're taking that training and doing something with it? That they're not just taking the information sure. and putting it in a in a file and saving it for someday. Uh, and the way that we address that is by having everybody complete action plans of what they're gonna do with the information that they've just learned. Mm-hmm. And then I, I follow up with each of my clients every month and, and do some team coaching just with their companies and say, let's talk about what you learned this month and what have you been able to implement so far? What did you have difficulty with? What are the ways that you um, got some results? Mm-hmm. I try to promote really uh, strongly with them on keeping an eye on yes, you did this and it improved morale, but how did that affect productivity? Mm -hmm. How did that affect your cost? Did that increase your revenue in any way? So really trying to get them to think in in bottom line terms Mm -hmm. Uh, because er every manager, no matter who they are or where they are in the organization, has an impact on the bottom line. And so they should be able to try to put things as much as they can into some dollar value that they've been able to get. Some of the qualitative stuff is great too, of course. You know, improving morale, um, hiring better, but that all does have an impact on the bottom line of the company. So we really want to make sure that people are developing their skills, that they're sharing it with their teams, that they're being held accountable, and that they're actually implementing their actions.
0: Right. That's. I mean, that sounds really cool, and it sounds. It sounds. I'm sure that you know, the companies that are hiring you to do their training. I'm sure appreciate the focus on the, the focus on the bottom line and and the focus yeah. on that on the follow up accountability after the training. You know, yes. it's not just a training that could just get ooh, that's really good. I'll try to you know I'll try to keep that in mind. You know, but then it just just gives like a practical accountability really for for right. for, for doing that, which is obviously the purpose why you do it. And that that sounds really that sounds really great. Um, I think just from our previous conversations, you said it's once uh, the trainings are once a month. It's over mm-hmm. a twelve-month process, like a twelve-month yep. curriculum, twelve topics, correct? Um, followed by you know accountability with uh, each individual leadership team on site. Um, you know, f- following up. You know, between between each mo- each month's training. So that sounds mm-hmm. so that sounds great. And again, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing you know this information about what the particularly accountability and communication challenges are. Uh, what the kind of root, what, you know, what the root of it is, helping us understand millennials a little better, and, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and, you know, and also some of the main tools that people can have in mind, even if they're not using a, a formal training program, uh, that will help them with the, some of these communication and accountability issues so that, they're, uh, so that their leaders, managers, and team leaders can become um, better at those skills, which are, are yeah. so separate from... Whatever made them a good frontline employee, you know, yeah, exactly came from. Um, yeah, so thank you so much for that. And again, you can thank you so much for having
1: me. Uh, I love what I do, I'm passionate about it. So, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share share some information with your audience.
0: Yeah, no problem. And I I appreciate that you did. Uh, People can learn more again about uh, you know, about uh, Michelle's training program at crestcom.com. And, um, and I appreciate you coming out today. Thank you. Thank you. All right. See everybody else on the other side. Bye.